Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 155, Not in the Mood for Sex. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast today. And I thought it would be a good idea to really just talk about one of the most common things that come up for clients when they come to see me. And it's usually this phrase of, I'm not in the mood. So before we really jump into it, I wanted to just spend a minute talking about um, the movie, The Sound of Freedom. We went and saw this this past weekend when it came out, and what an incredible movie. And it really just got me thinking about families, about parents, about the relationship that everyone is having. Uh, especially between husband and wife and the impact that that relationship can have on their kids and actually what's happening in America and across the world. And if we look at some of the numbers and even some of the numbers that they talked about in the movie, we see that this human trafficking has just been on the rise, especially in the last few years. It's just increasing and increasing, and especially in the United States. And this really just got me thinking about like what is happening right now with our families. We know that families are being attacked. We know that marriage is being attacked from all angles and The kids are the ones that are paying a huge price for it because when a husband and wife, when we're united and we're trying to work through things and we're trying to create strength and protection for our children, we just start to approach things in a different way. Now, because of what I coach on and the fact that it has to do with intimacy and sex, of course, I found all types of connections with this movie and the value and importance of it. But what I wanted to talk about in today's podcast is where sometimes we get stuck, especially when clients come to me. And the problem that I really see the most often is that clients usually only define things for themselves in the terms of I'm not in the mood or this was happening and then um, I was out of the mood. And so they're, they become very fluent in the things that get them out of the mood, which means they are not as fluent with the things that get them in the mood. It's almost as if it's a language that they have never learned. And then what ends up happening is because they are only fluent in the language of what gets them out of the mood, they spend most of their time thinking about those things or they notice them more easily, more quickly. And then there is really no time or little time 
left and little energy left to learn a new language of what actually gets them in the mood, the igniters, the things that spark a desire within themselves that feels natural and not fabricated. Along with this comes this idea that the husbands are horrible people and they're monsters because they are in tune with their own sexual desire and they want to have it. And they are in the mood more than their wives usually. And what often ends up happening is that when we start thinking that our husband is this sex monster, that's how we start to view them. And even the normal things that they would do, we start to view as something abnormal or wrong or not good. And maybe they might even become those things because we keep thinking those things and we start to treat them in a way that corresponds with how we actually think and view them. And so I want to make sure that we are aware that these processes are taking place with most of my clients. And so if you have been listening to this podcast, it could be that you maybe are falling into some of these traps. And so what do we do when this is happening? What's the solution? Well, the solution would be that we need to discover what actually gets us in the mood. We need to develop our fluency in this language. I've said this before in podcasts, that sometimes when I ask a client, or most of the times, okay, tell me some things that actually get you in the mood. It's like silence. It's just crickets because it, they don't know how to define that. It's harder for them to be able to even know those things. And so this is something that we have to spend some time developing and looking into. We need to increase our knowledge in this area so that we can develop this new language and become fluent in it for ourselves. This needs to come from a place that we are doing this for our own happiness, our own self-improvement, and that we're not doing this simply out of duty for our spouse and that we're not just having sex out of a sense of duty unless you actually like that reason. Every now and then I have a client who does like that reason and they're not angry about being intimate with their husband out of duty. But most of my clients are upset about it. So what can we do when we feel like we are not in the mood for intimacy? So there's a few things we can do. And the first thing we need to do is actually just really increase our knowledge and expand our awareness of what this concept of mood is. So let's just start off with three definitions of mood. It is a temporary state of mind or feeling. I want you to really pay attention to that word temporary. Because a lot of times when clients come to me and they're talking about not being in the mood, they think it's a permanent thing, that they are just a person that is never in the mood. And that's a trap called all or nothing thinking. And our brain can fall into that trap quite easily. But the real definition of mood is something that is temporary. 
It's a temporary state of mind or feeling. Okay, the next definition is a conscious state of mind. Now, most of our thoughts are happening at an unconscious level. Do we know that? Most of us do not know that. We don't even know that that's taking place. And so when we are thinking something negative about ourselves, about our spouse or about sex, usually that thought has taken place at an unconscious level and we just found that we were thinking it. And then we kind of ran with that thought and we've never even challenged it or said, hey, did I choose to think that thought or did it just show up? Did my brain just deliver it to me? So we want to really start to expand our understanding of this concept of mood that it is a conscious state of mind. That means we need to increase our awareness and say, yes, these are the thoughts that I am choosing to think on purpose. And with the thoughts I think, I can then trigger the feelings that I feel. So if I never feel in the mood for intimacy, it is because I have been thinking unconscious thoughts probably pretty consistently about sex or about my husband or about myself. And they've probably been negative. So we want to start to shift all that and bring everything to the conscious level and say, these are the thoughts I'm going to choose on purpose. And then a third definition for mood is a prevailing attitude. Now, our attitude towards things happens in the mind. So you can see just by these three definitions that even though mood often has to do with how we're feeling, right? How we feel about wanting to have sex with our spouse. All of these definitions are related to what is happening in our mind. We need to pay close attention to this connection. It is vital and it is key. So now that we are expanding a little bit our understanding of mood and that it's temporary, that means it can change and that it's conscious, that means we need to choose our thoughts on purpose and that it's an attitude taking place in the mind. Now, the next thing we need to do is to challenge ourselves. So let's look at this concept of temporary. When we are used to thinking the thought, I'm I'm not like that. I'm just not in the mood very often. I'm not interested in sex. We are sending ourselves that message that we are not that way as a whole person. And so what we want to do is challenge those thoughts and and try to have a modification and replace those negative thoughts that just are we're so used to having they come easily to us on autopilot we want to change them out or at least add some modifiers to them that will allow our brain to recognize the possibilities of the the fleetingness of not being in the mood so if we find that the thought comes to us like, hey, I'm just not in the mood, what we need to do is add a modifier of saying, not yet. I'm just not in the mood quite yet. Or we can say, I'm I'm not in the mood temporarily and then move forward. But I could be, I could get in the mood. Something could happen that could 
get me in the mood. I wonder what that is. So when we add this modifier in our mind, it puts this concept of mood back to its correct definition of it being temporary. So it's okay if you don't feel in the mood in one moment, and it's good to recognize that. But it's also an invitation to say to ourselves, I don't have to stay there. I can be a person that gets in the mood because not being in the mood is just a temporary thing. So this challenges us to kind of move to the conscious part of our brain and not just run on autopilot. So this means that we have to make the decision to use these modifiers and to think better thoughts on purpose with our awareness, with our choice, with our decision-making power, and not just allow our toddler brain to run amok and continue with the blaming and the victim mentality. And so this will also challenge us to really invite a new type of attitude instead of an old prevailing attitude of like, I'm just not that type of person who desires intimacy. We can change our way of thinking and our prevailing attitude to say, I can be a person that is in the mood and I can be in the mood anytime I want to be and anytime I choose to be. That's totally up to me. This is a shift in our attitude and our mindset. And so we really need to challenge ourselves when those old thoughts come forward and really try to make that shift and try this new prevailing attitude of what is possible and what you can be, what you can feel, what you can shift into because not being in the mood is just a temporary thing. So we need to really start to question if it's temporary, what would take us out of that state of not being in the mood and shift over to being in the mood? Now, this invites us to look at three other definitions of the word mood. It is a receptive state of mind predisposing to an action. That means if we are thinking in a certain way, that will come before the feeling of desire and being in the mood, and then it will come before us wanting to do something about it. So again, it reverts back to how we are thinking and what is going on in our mind. It is also defined as a distinctive atmosphere or context. Now, I just love this when I'm working with the the concept of intimacy and being in the mood, we need to look at what is happening around us, our atmosphere, the context of what is taking place and how we interpret it, the significance we give to it, the meaningfulness we give to the things that are happening around us. This is probably the biggest area that I see people fall into, the biggest trap 
They see something happening and they make it mean something negative about themselves. They give it a negative meaning and then they realize they're not in the mood. So the things that are going on in the atmosphere and how we interpret those things are a major component to us being in the mood. And the final definition is also very exciting. It's inducing or suggestive of a particular feeling or state of mind, especially when it comes to music. Oh, I love this. I am a huge advocate of using music to help us get in the mood. And here it is in the definition. I just love this, that they, the dictionary is relating our mood and it's connecting it to music. And so this really invites us to think about the music that we involve in our lives. And if we are purposely choosing music at times throughout the day, throughout the week, that would actually help us get in the mood. Now, there are different types of music that we can listen to. Sometimes we need music that will lower our stress. And that's one way of approaching things because when our stress is lower, then it's actually easier to get in the mood. So we can have two different types of music, but it would be very interesting to really pay attention to the types of songs that actually get you in the mood, that make your hips want to move, right? The hips don't lie. (laughs) And I'm sure all of us have experienced songs where our body just wants to move. And so as adults in married relationships, This is the time that is meant to explore those things. We are in committed relationships. We're not worried about getting pregnant at age 13. And so being able to explore music and the the types of songs that really do encourage our body to move in those ways, we're allowed to listen to those things now. So what else can we do with these new attitudes and definitions of the word mood. Well, I think this challenges us to keep an open and receptive state of mind to really encourage ourselves to look for the things that get us in the mood, to start to develop a new relationship with that part of ourselves and the process of doing it, like spending some time doing those things. In our mind, We create the context that ignites us to be in the mood. And we do that through the significance and the meaningfulness of the things that we give of what's going around us. We do that. (laughs) Not our spouse, not our kids, not the neighbors. We do that in our own mind with our thoughts. We can also pay more attention to our environment and put in efforts to create a distinctive atmosphere that would invite us to be in the mood more with scented candles and the lighting and the textures in the room, music. We are the ones that create that atmosphere and even spending time earlier in the day to create it later on at night, that's part of the process that gets us in the mood. And of course, finally, I would encourage all of us to really make a playlist 
of songs that get you in the mood to be intimate. And I think as we are doing all these things and trying to keep them in the forefront of our mind is to have fun with it, to be playful and to have this be an enjoyable experience. And then to just remember that we need to be spending more of our time and attention to whatever helps us get in the mood. And instead of spending the majority of our time focusing on and looking for the things that get us out of the mood, we need to have a reversal of those things in our life. Now, the final result of all this is that we are going to really become less reactive to what's going on around us, especially to our spouse. We are going to feel less like a victim. We are going to feel less like we're doing things just out of duty or just using our willpower to get through intimate experiences. And instead, we are actually going to feel more empowered because we are going to be taking action that is proactive. We're going to be doing things ahead of time and not just waiting around for our husband to be in the mood and then see if we can turn on a switch that gets us in the mood. We're going to be thinking ahead of time about these things. This means we're going to be learning more about ourselves. This is a process of self-discovery, which means we are going to be feeling better about that than just doing things in the service of other people. This will help our mood increase in the positive. And this is a wonderful thing. I think most of us really enjoy feeling more positive emotions. And so if we have been feeling negative emotions when it comes to intimacy and sex, this is how we start to turn that around. And then finally, in order to strengthen our relationship with ourselves and our spouse, this will allow us to become even more protective and build a safeguard for our marriage, for our own self-image in that relationship, and even help us become stronger in protecting that marriage and protecting our spouse and protecting our children. When we are able to improve the sexual relationship with our spouse, why would they need to go other places? They will not. When that is in place and it is thriving, the sexual relationship is thriving, then don't need to go to other places. And so this can be a really good way for us to be the protective mama bears of our children to fortify our family. So I hope this next week you will be able to think about these things and put them into place because remember, The more that you restore this type of intimacy with yourself, the more you restore it with your spouse. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you will join me again next week.